0: Podcast on
1: the planet. <laughs> ¡Bienvenidos a Empacadores Sin Fronteras! Dos papás dedicados al amor, la risa y los empacadores de Green Bay.
2: Packers Without Borders, the greatest podcast on the planet. Two dads talking love, life, dedicated to the Green Bay Packers. Go Pack, go!
1: Verde y amarillo hasta la muerte.
2: It's been quite a while since uh, we've been below 500, and a lot of Packer fans, uh, they're not used to it. And uh, some of us older Packer fans, this doesn't phase us one bit. Ah, This is a season in which, you know what, this is how it's starting to look. We're either going to pull something miraculous out that you're never going to want to miss, or we're going to get a really good draft pick for our defense again next year so they could be underutilized.
1: And you know what's unfortunate about that draft pick is because even if we are the fourth worst team, which is what we are right now record-wise, because of everything going on with the draft, we would actually be picking ninth. Yeah, yeah. So we're terrible. not ten. Keep going.
2: We're terrible. So it's mailbag Monday. Let's. Uh, we've had a handful of questions here. Let's do mailbag. <music>
1: Not the one with hair, but with an envelope.
0: (laughs) Mailbag Monday sponsored by Manscaped.
2: Let's get this going right off the hop. It's uh, Halloween night. It's a late podcast. Uh, We were ready to go. Then we weren't ready to go. And then it got close to uh, your trick-or-treating time. And we've got kids and kids need to go trick-or-treating. All of this lineup. And my son went for about 25 minutes and was like, I'm done
1: yeah well he filled
2: up an entire pillowcase he's got a pillowcase he's got a pillowcase he ate like 15 and then died in the bathroom and now he's laying in bed rubbing his tummy and it's like oh, those are the days right yeah. those are the days yeah okay so um lafleur uh people were asking is uh joe barry changing joe barry Is he going to uh, help us out? Listen, losing Joe Barry, I think, would be a good idea because we would have maybe somebody who would start using conventional thought processes, like putting our number one on their number one and our number two on their number two and so on, instead of having, you know, very first play of the game, Campbell's covering digs. Very first play of the game, Campbell's covering digs. Very first play. Very first play. They're in obvious rundowns, and we've got two D linemen, and our corners are 12 yards deep they are not being put in positions in which they can succeed and this is on the defensive coordinator it's on and now now it's on the for doubling down on it And then he came out today in his pre- press conference today and said absolutely not when they talked about changing the defensive coordinator he said absolutely not do you think bruce we're we're halfway through the season have they pulled the pin on this and said you know what we're not going to get a wide receiver tomorrow. We're not going to change our defensive coordinator. We're going to finish the year, take our licks, and then next
1: year will be the year. Yes, for the ninth time in a row. It's
0: the amount of time
1: it takes them to make a decision. I don't understand because they pull a trigger early on, on players, don't they? Don't they release them while they're still kind of doing yeah. pretty good and they yeah. get. And it's a business, but when it comes to the coaching staff, they seem to be extremely loyal and keep people around way too long. I would much rather have them play. Like you said, just bring in anybody, dude. Like don't even bring in a defensive coordinator. Let, I don't know, gray or somebody from the inside who kind of at least knows the players and knows the scheme and just put them in that position. And it can't get any worse. Can it Matt on defense? I, Oh, it can get a lot worse. It can get
2: a lot worse. Guys start giving up and it'll get a lot worse. And that's just around the corner. Guys are getting ready to start giving up. And you can, you can see it. You can see it. And can you blame them? I mean, really you you go out there and I know people are going to say, you're paid to listen. These are human beings. These human beings are out there. They're playing their asses off. They're, they're sacrificing their bodies. They're they're out there sacrificing their well-being and they look over and the offense can't move the ball more than five feet and they go out again or we get an interception. This is what we need to turn the
1: game around and promptly hand it right back to them again. As we're ramming it down their throat, the first play after a turnover in in crunch time is a pass that gets batted at the line again and gets intercepted. So I kind of disagree with what you just said in terms of the the team mailing it in. I I don't agree with that. This is the first game all season where I've seen some actual animation on the sideline. Guys, you know, a little bit more animated, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I was was a little...
2: I didn't say they mailed this game in, but what I'm saying is, is you're going to start to see them mailing it in. We drop a couple more of these games where the offense is just terrible, and you're going to start watching these guys. Man, you got to remember, we've got a handful of guys here that are on their last year of contracts.
1: That's why I'm think. That's why I'm thinking they're not going to man. They're going to play very hard. And if they don't, then you know what, Matt LaFleur needs to go, not just Joe Barry. Like if this team doesn't finish the season playing the way they did against the bills, because we had for a while, a shot. And obviously there's several things and I I hate complaining about the refs, dude, but there was a couple calls there, but really it was the stagnant offense. Dude, did you see the defensive coordinator and the head coach for the bills as we were ramming it down their throat? They were upset. Like they were surprised that we were doing this and it's like, yeah like every packer fan knows that aaron jones is that fucking badass and you never use him so maybe that's kind of a little light bulb that turns on that you just paid this dude 48 million dollars he's due 20 million dollars next year so you're not going to keep him so you know what i love showtime but run him into the fucking ground let him get his 15 or 1600 yards on the season because he can still fucking do it right now and give him the ball 20 times let him catch five or six balls right and then have aj Dillon in there with another 10 or 15 touches whether it's rushes maybe maybe 12 or 13 rushes and two or three catches and stick right around that 35 to 40 range with these guys and run them into the fucking ground because you just ran against the best fucking rush defense who was allowing less than 80 yards per game. And we just actually blew that shit out of the water and they could not stop us. And what do we do in critical moments? We decide to throw the fucking ball. Yeah. Yeah.
2: How about AJ Dillon getting horse collared? I thought for sure, the way he went down grabbing his knee like that, I thought, oh, no, not AJ, not the knee,
1: right? And well, then, when you have quads the size of New York, dude, the quads kind of hold the knee together, apparently. Apparently,
2: because he came back out a couple plays later and he was running with those pads down. You could see they were trying to hurt people. Dobbs, incredible game. One of the greatest, one of the best this games I've seen, game. Dobbs playing. It's yeah. a good breakout game. Yeah. And will he, will Dory, be- Torre, there he is. There's that guy in preseason. There's that guy in camp. There's that guy that, you know, all of a sudden started making plays later on in camp and started making a name for himself, Torre, right? Didn't see Winfrey out there. Huh, interesting. Those of you keeping track at home, interesting. Uh, Tunyon, offensive pass interference. Uh, I mean, even players from around the league are going, this is not OPI. This is not offensive pass interference. Terrible, terrible call.
1: I think that dramatically changes the game right there it's seven points right there yeah so look at the final score right so as opposed to having to kick a field goal and then go for an onside kick even with those seven points well and
2: Diggs, digs had, had that uh Diggs had that uh, false start that they
1: didn't call they Did get you a touchdown a on it bullshit explanation from new york on that that he had already put his foot down terrible
2: terrible that's garbage. It's because they they were like, yeah, so the mistake stands. We understand you're not going to go, you know what, let's uh, rewind the clock here, 35 seconds, and uh, we're going to change this play out. I We get that you're not going to do that. But at least take ownership of it. At least say, yeah, we blew that one. That was terrible. Terrible.
1: Right? And that's the is, so in order to win this game before, and we talked about this on the pod on Saturday, and I kind of reiterated it on Twitter, it was 35 touches, Right? Win the turnover battle. We needed Aaron Rodgers to hit a couple of deep balls. Those three things we did, right? But yep. then you start getting into disciplined football, which we had to play a perfect game because we know the refs have been doing this to us all season. They do it to everybody, but more so this year, and everybody insists we get calls. This is the year where I can say nope, we never file. Shut the well, fuck we ain't up. getting shit.
2: We yeah. ain't getting shit. How many times was Gary, Preston, and Akbar? How many times were they held? Anyway, there was a few plays where it was like, that is such a bad hold. How do you not call
1: that? Well, and the problem is, man, that they're getting there that split second before. But what I'm noticing is because of Joe Barry's coverage, these guys are wide open at 18 and 15 yards where they're just chucking it. And there's like nobody within 10 or 15 yards of them. So they're just throwing it in the vicinity. If if Josh Allen had to actually and we saw it on the Jair almost interception. He had four pass breakups. Like any time that he was throwing it towards Jair because Rashawn and, well, and it wasn't so much Preston, was on, but Preston was just a an manimal on, on rush defense. But in terms of that, it's, they're not getting home because the coverage is so soft that the, and we saw it with Daniel Jones. We saw it with um zappy we saw it with tom brady and even though we beat tom brady his long ball like his his deep shots when we were getting to him where he's just chucking it in the vicinity and these guys are wide open and have not having to do shit and that's why we're not getting home because as soon as the guy's coming in they're in their face they're just throwing it as opposed to having to quarterback find a player that's kind of maybe not covered and either throw it away no they're just throwing it in the general vicinity of a wide open wide receiver who just ran a cross ma- cross route or mesh route I, I and like you said guys in zone like one guy thinks he's in zone while everybody else is in man one guy thinks he's in man while everybody else is in zone and it's pretty there's easy. a lot of communication issues right right the
2: guys were constantly you got the you, They're given the shrug to each other they're giving the shrug to each other right what happened what happened the plays are coming in way too late Joe Barry is a positional coach and he's pointing at plays randomly on a score sheet and he has no idea why they work or why they don't work. And you can see it because obvious passing, obvious running downs and we're going two D linemen. They have 107 yards in the first half and we go two D linemen and we're like, this'll stop the run. No, it didn't. No, it didn't. Our three, four, our current three, four does not stop the run. When we put four guys on the line, that didn't stop the run yep we have a major issue with our run defense and it's been this way since
1: we shifted to a three four and the problem is man that here's where i agree with you where stats of course yes call me right now freedom plus from phoenix arizona hold on let's take the call what do you say
2: no no, no
1: let's let's do this let's freedom plus
0: Damn, freedom
1: plus. To reach Paulina, the yeah, you've got the wrong number. Thanks. And here you go. So here is where the numbers don't match up. Like the, the stats don't match up with what we saw in the field. And here's where I think there's a big disconnect between the analytics, which is what Matt LaFleur uses and probably beats the Barry versus what we're seeing with our eyeballs because from a defensive standpoint stat wise bro i mean you look at josh allen he was 13 for 25 52 completion percentage 216 passing yards 8.6 yards per attempt and 16.6 yards per completion that 16.6 yards per completion means explosive fucking plays because we're right there about to get to him and that's where that that little caveat where this the stats come in there but We held Josh Allen to a 50% completion rush. I mean, if if you told me that Josh Allen was going to be 13 for 25 for 52%, I'd go, okay. We held him in check. Now, from a rushing standpoint, obviously, that's the biggest thing that he has. Um, And we'll get into the rushing right now. But, I mean, we were right on par. Like, even Aaron Rodgers is as terrible as he played that first half but because we pounded I, it was because we ran the fucking ball to set up the second half and he came back and he had 76 yards on one drive and 86 yards on another fucking drive why because the fucking run was making these guys have to come up and we were running against the loaded box and it was working rogers was 19 for 30 for 63 you know for 63 percent, 190 yards but yards per attempt were a little bit low obviously right because he only hit those two deep shots everything was short but They both took two sacks. Um, Aaron Rodgers had just one interception. Of course, it was a very timely interception that you mentioned where it was right after we stopped him on the fucking five-yard line with the beautiful play, we take the ball, and the first play after we do that is a fucking interception. But from a rushing standpoint, dude, 208 yards. 31 attempts on the ground for 208 yards. You don't need to pass very much if you do that. So then it turns into – My last two points, which was um, disciplined football, which I am going to blame the team on certain things like the Koi Walker stuff, whatever. Like, I, I get it. But just the calls from the refs and understanding that the refs are going to call every ticky tack fucking thing for you, because that's what they do. They do it for Tom Brady. They do it for all these big teams. And we're no longer that big team. And there's always this stigma that the Packers are you know, the favorite in the NFL, that's been long gone. There was a time when the Packers did get, you know, a lot of love for Aaron Rodgers, a lot of love for what we're doing. That, that's been gone for about four or five years. But um, the, the last piece of it, man, was special teams. And special teams didn't show up. All we needed them to do was play normal. We missed a field goal, and it was on the hold. It had nothing to do with Mason Crosby. It was a terrible snap and a terrible hold, again, just like we were suffering with last year. And tackling was abysmal on special teams. Letting these guys start at the 35, at the 40, you give Josh Allen uh, a short field, and then the one long run that that Nixon had got called back for a fucking hold or whatever, who, which was probably 90 feet, like 90 yards away from the fucking run. So we did not play disciplined football because we had to play better than than every other game. And the second thing was. Um, what I just said in terms of special teams and just everything had to come together. And that's the 10 points, man, because the shitty calls and us not not executing is the reason that we lost. We We should have won that game probably 28, 27, maybe 31, 30, which is kind of what I was predicting had everything gone the right way. And I keep giving him the benefit of the doubt. And I'm going to keep fucking doing it because I expect this team to click at one point and make a run. I still believe it. I think this loss from an optimism standpoint is a good loss. Your turn. Well, I
2: like how they stepped up a bit. I like how they continued with the run. Our offensive line is an absolute joke. Our defensive coordinator has no idea what he's up to. Some of our wide receivers are still out there staring like deer in the headlights. Our run game is top notch. We have to lean on the run game. My question to you now, Bruce, is, is after watching the lions play on the weekend, how many points are the lions going to put up on us? How, how many yards is St. Brown? And then we've got Philadelphia. How many, how many yards is A.J. Brown – A.J. Brown's going to have 900 yards against us running those crosser routes through the middle,
1: being covered by Campbell. I hope they don't deploy because what Philadelphia's going to do is exactly what Minnesota did to us the very first game of the season because they have a stud-wide receiver and they have an apt quarterback who can also run – right? So you need to pick your poison. So what, what poison are we going to pick? Are we going to pick AJ Brown four touchdowns and just destroying us where we have no shot? Or are we going to try to take him out of the game and focus? And then, on, and then let Sanders run for 250 yards. Sure. Because if we run it, then it's a, we slow down the game, man. We won the game. We won the time of possession. We gave our defense time, to rest. The problem is that the scheme was fucking terrible. But if we do that over and over again, eventually these players are going to show up. We have the fucking talent. So if you put, like you said, so let's put Jair on Jair or Stokes, dude, on AJ Brown. It doesn't have to be Jair traveling, but no, it has to be. It two. has to be Jair. Put Jair
2: on AJ Brown. Put Jair on Brown. And you know what? Let's get Savage out of uh safety position. Yeah. Why I'm don't down. we move Doug? why don't we move Razul into the safety spot and we move Savage Mm -hmm. down into, you know, playing slot or we can move Savage onto the practice squad.
1: (laughs) Or we could move Savage to Minnesota. (laughs) My problem with Savage was he had known, was it Savage or Douglas 26? That's yeah. That's Savage. That's Savage had a wide open on the sideline on that where Amos had to come in and clean up, he could have fucking tagged, tagged fucking Josh Allen, just fucking destroyed him. And he would think about fucking running again after a fucking lane. And what does he do? He throws a fucking pussy shoulder and fucking, I'm going to fucking jerk off while I'm like one hand on my dick while I go into the fucking out of bounds. And poor fucking Amos has to crash down and takes him out right? A yard short, but that was about five yard shorts. And if Savage had laid a fucking shoulder into him, it would have been a much different story. Those little plays are the issues that I have with Savage where he doesn't play hard all the time. He has these mental lapses at very critical moments and he doesn't fucking come down and hit. That's why they're having to switch out and put in Kayshawn Nixon. That's why we haven't, and I know we had the injuries to, to Campbell and Walker, but you look at McDuffie as shitty as he was down the middle. A lot of it was not his fault. It's because he was having to cover people, 15 and 18 yards down the field, and didn't have to crush down and make a tackle. Like I, I have a feeling that this scheme—and it's not a feeling—we know this, but I'm just saying. After this, I really hope that the players galvanize against Joe Barry,
2: <laughs> rise up from the depths of the deepest seas. And vanquish the foe. Release the Kraken. Release the Kraken and end this misery.
0: Okay, uh, this
2: is Clint from the Green Bay Delay Draw podcast. You're listening to the greatest podcast on earth, Packers Without Borders. Thank you for listening to Packers Without Borders. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and anywhere else you get your favorite podcasts.
1: Also, you can find our merch on packerswithoutborders.myshopify.com and TeePublic if you want cups, mugs, and those types of things. You can also visit us on patreon.com front slash packerswithoutborders and give us some money. An audibletrial.com front slash packerswithoutborders. Give them a click, check them out, try that 30 die free trial with them, and enjoy your books. Peace and go pack go.
0: The monster man. from my laboratory in the castle to the master bedroom of the vampires piece. The ghouls all came from their humble abode to get a jolt from my electrode. They the master. They did the monster
1: man. This is Shelley from Gwyn, Michigan, and you are listening to Packers Without Borders with Matt and Bruce.
2: Listen, a lot of guys got it us written off. We're three and five right now. And, uh, you know what, uh, there's eight more games to go. We win eight straight, which Aaron has done before, or we win seven straight, which Aaron has done four times before. And we're in, we're in, that's it. All we got to do is get hot. We can easily lose two out of our next eight games and still make the playoffs. Okay. We'd be, we'd be six or seven, but we would get
1: in. So. And that's what the we r- want. Just get in, just get into the dance.
2: Just get in. Usually the team that just gets in is the one that gets all the way to the end, right? Mm-hmm. When did? How did we win it? We won it by just barely getting in and winning it out. How did the Giants win it both times? Mm-hmm. Both times they were the wild card, right? All you got to do is get in and get hot. The Rams. The Rams, right? Last year. All you have to do is get in and get hot. That's it. Well, the Rams did win their division, didn't they? No, it was the Niners. Remember, they had to go play. Oh, right, right. Yep. Right. Right. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Well, tough, dude. It's tough. It's tough being a Packer fan right now. It's tough, but you know what? I, I love watching football. I love watching the guys out there. It's interesting to see, you know, um, one thing Aaron Rodgers did say at the beginning of the year was he wasn't interested in being a, in any part of any rebuilding. And uh, it seems like he's
1: smack dab right in the middle of the rebuilding. Mm-hmm. You know, something about this, um, just mentioning the fact that we're Packer fans, like one of the reasons that I try to stay off of Twitter during the game, and I didn't do it this game just because it was an important game. And I was seeing a lot of things that I just, I, I wanted to be positive. The amount of fucking negative Packer fans that start jumping in my feed that I have to fucking respond to is the reason that I don't like it. But at the same time, I think there has to be a voice and, and, i can tell you the listeners of of this podcast the majority of them i'd say probably maybe almost all of them are packer fans that are that bleed green and gold man because if you're listening to a podcast like cuz dude i'm not like for four weeks, I've not seen NFL Network. Let's just put it that way. Like every time we lose, I, oh, just... I can't, I, I
2: can't watch Good Morning Football, which I love to watch. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can't watch uh, uh, NFL Live, which I love to watch. I can't love uh, Second Take, which I love to watch, because they're going to go on and on about how terrible the Packers are, and then we're going to see videos about you, know, like today, Monday Night Football. Well, oh, mm-hmm. I'm giving the Packers the butterfingers because they keep dropping all the balls. Oh, really? Oh, really? Oh, really? rg3 really
1: hmm yep so all i have to say with that is either be positive and support your team or go find another fucking team honestly what there's a little bit of adversity we've lost four games and now everybody's fucking jumping ship and people are fucking complaining i'm trying to find a glimmer of hope. like last week there's nothing i could fucking say about what we fucking did and that was a terrible fucking podcast to make at least this week i have numbers and things that show that this team actually showed a step up an improvement but i hate the narrative that you know now everybody's talking about well You know, they did well against the Bills. We were the fucking Bills. We were that fucking team that everybody wanted to fucking go after. Now we're fucking, "Eh, let's fucking see if we can maybe compete with the fucking team. Fucking wake up. God damn it. That's the only thing that pisses me off. Everything else makes me happy except that.
2: You know, um, I get get being negative. I get uh, being upset. I get upset. I get negative. I, uh, you know, I'm like, trade this guy, fire this guy, do all of this. One thing I don't, uh, I can't condone and I can't be part of is um, when people go on social media and they go after players' uh, families. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Christian Watson's mom, uh, you know, there she is watching her son uh, living his dream and he gets, you know, hit pretty hard. And like she said, you know, he's lucky he didn't break his neck. You know, he's laying there basically unconscious, like she's holding her breath. And then some wackadoo on Twitter, I'm not even going to repeat what he said. But, you know, he's got to make some comment about the kid's ability and, uh, you know, uh, whether or not he wants the kid to to return back to the Packers. And all I think is, is, you know, get out of your mom's basement, stop eating the toaster strudels, go get a job, go meet people and speak like that to their face with your face. To their face. Yeah, do that. Because I can promise you something. If you said that to my mom in front of me. I'd knock out all your teeth.
1: Yeah, I think our moms would knock out all their teeth. They talk shit about us too, which is usually- You better like- run. You better run
2: because I was 16 years old and my mom broke an acoustic guitar over the back of my head because I told her to F off. And she honky-tonky, she honky-tonk man me. Right out of the WWF, man, she honky-tonk manned me. Dropped me like a sack of bricks. I woke up in a puddle of my acoustic guitar, in a puddle of it right to this day i've never
1: said that to her again of course yeah i mean going after players and the highs and lows and i know fantasy brings a lot of that into it too right because there's this disappointment that this guy that all this analytics and everything say that you're supposed to start this guy it's fucking game guys like and and gals you know it's just a game enjoy the game like that's the one thing that I am doing with this, even though I analyze and I look to see what they're doing just because I wanna see stuff for the pod and I take notes. For the most part, I'm just watching football, dude. because regardless of whether they win 17 games or lose 17 games, it doesn't matter. We get them for 17 weeks or 18 or 19 weeks if we're blessed, maybe 19, 20 weeks if we fucking win the Super Bowl, and then it's gone. And then we have to fucking make up games and then we have to fucking bring people on, you know, like the it, the the dead season and we start talking about, "Oh, the prospects." And dude, enjoy the season. Like just I, that's what I'm trying to do this year is just enjoy the season. Cause I missed it so much last year. Yes, there was fucking heartbreak in the playoffs, but sitting there and talking to you about the team and saying, fuck, I can't wait to see this team. And we say that all off season, regardless of what's happening, enjoy the fucking team. This might be Aaron Rodgers' last fucking year, whether he goes out in a blaze of glory or he fucking turns it around and does some amazing shit and wins another fucking MVP because he's on a fucking roll. Enjoy it. like, this might be the last time you're ever going to see Aaron Rodgers on the field this year. And then what are you going to Hall of
2: fame quarterback for the Packers? This could be the last time you see some teams don't have them. Some teams don't get hall of fame quarterbacks, NFL hall ever. of fame caliber quarterbacks ever, ever, ever go ask the bears, go ask the Vikings, right? Go ask, you know, Cleveland Browns. I don't know. I can't think of anybody right now. I, I, but yeah. it, it happens all the time. It happens all the time. This could be the last time in our lifetimes that we see a Hall of Fame quarterback play for the Packers. So uh, I'm trying to enjoy it. I really am. As much as I still am yelling, you got to let go of it. You got to let go of it. Let go. Let go. Well, there you go. That's a sack.
1: Yep. Oh, there were a couple times there where the, the offensive line held up long enough and, and I'll check to see the, the time that it was not 2.14 seconds that he had to throw. He had more time to throw the ball this time around. but that was one, that was one of the gleaming things that I took out of this man. That catch by Dove, which we'll talk about second because I'll let you rant about that all you want because you you call that one, buddy. But the adjustment that Toure made, on that scramble drill, basically that long bomb touchdown that he had is he was running his route. He looked back and saw that Aaron Rodgers was scrambling. He broke off his route to move into an open area of the field where Aaron Rodgers can throw it. That's the first wide receiver all season that I've seen that broke off of a fucking route and it turned into a huge play. Like he's the first person all year to do the that. School yard, the
2: schoolyard, the schoolyard scramble drill. Right. Yeah. Now Dobbs. That's, Talk about Dobbs. Yeah. So Dobbs gets the... Uh... Uh, the jump ball, the back shoulder. I mean, the fade route right to the corner. Dobbs goes out there, strong hands, strong hands. He made a couple of big catches that were with really strong hands, and he is perfecting his craft. This this is a Hall of Fame wide receiver we are watching here, folks. And, and, and I called it in April. In April, I said he was going to be the leader wide rec- in receiving yards in every category for the Packers. In every category. I thought Watson, Watkins would be a little bit better. I thought Watson would be a little bit higher. I thought Cobb would be even higher than he is, right? But I Dobbs is my boy. I play Dobbs every single fantasy. And I know everybody, oh, are you gonna play Dobbs again? Yeah, absolutely. I'm gonna play Dobbs again. This kid's going to pay off, and he is paying off in absolute spades. What an amazing catch. He turns like a like he turns 180, then he turns 180, then he turns 360. Catches the ball and falls, maintains possession because we know what happened last time, right? This With guy, the defenders hand he, in
1: his chest, yeah,
2: he's ripping at the ball. He makes mistakes, but he does not make the same mistake twice. This this is going to be a a, a wide receiver we want to keep for years and years. So what that means is, is he'll get one more deal and then we'll let him go. We won't trade him or anything. We'll just let him go.
1: Are we getting a wide receiver? trust the process no
2: we're not getting a wide receiver if we're not getting rid of the defensive coordinator we ain't trading for no wide receiver it ain't happening everybody take a deep breath it's not happening if we're not going to get the easiest thing in the world is to get rid of the defensive coordinator you're actually saving money just by going hey you're fired that's it and we're not doing that if we're not doing that we're not
1: doing the other we're not getting anything tomorrow i'm calling it right now okay I agree with you because I think we would have done something over the weekend prior to with everybody being out because they knew all week that the that Lazard wasn't going to play. They knew all week that Cobb has been out. Right, he's injured and out. So that's our top two wide receivers out. Sammy Watkins is coming off of a hamstring injury and apparently is still not very good at football. apparent I don't know what happened there. And if Watson, you, poor kid.
2: If you weren't going to trade for him, August thirty first. You're not going to trade for him October
1: 31st. Yep. I agree. That That's where I am now because I, I thought when they started the, the rumors about Claypool and Judy and all these guys, and it, it all of that is just the agents of these players bringing it up like they do every year to raise the price tag for the other team that's going to pick them up.
2: Well, oh, I don't, I don't think for a minute that Goot didn't call and ask. Yeah. Inquire. They always, they always ask. I bet you. I bet you he did. Send off an email. Shoot off a text. Hey, what's going on with Jared Judy? What's happening with Judy? Are you shopping Judy? What's happening? Are you guys sellers? Right? Yep. They don't want to do anything. Rokon Smith traded to the Baltimore Ravens. They were showing the trade. And they were going, who wins this trade, Chicago or Baltimore? I said, ah, Rokon Smith. He's out of Chicago. He'll finally start winning some football games. You know, the Bears are starting to put back a lot of those picks that they got rid of to get Khalil Mack to get those guys that they thought would definitely change this team. The team is slowly starting to rebuild. It's going to be a couple of years yet, but the Bears are on the right
1: track. They're they're doing what you're supposed to do. And I hate to say it, but just just as you mentioned the Roquan Smith stuff, I was thinking, I was like, who is the linebacker? Remember Patrick Queen, and every Packer wanted fucking Patrick Queen. Patrick Queen is now being replaced by Roquan Smith. So shows you the trajectory of everybody, like everybody clamors for these players, give them, a, give them a couple years, figure out where they are first and if they work out or not, you know, so Roquan leaving that's going to help us dude, because I, I'm really hoping that we run the shit out of the ball the rest of the fucking way. I don't care. I, I'd like to see 400 carries out of these two guys, even though we started out with 10 per in the first fucking seven games, let's fucking go.
2: Well, even three more wins. You know the Lions, Bears, and uh, Vikings that's not gonna put us home. We've gotta come with at least four more after that. Mm-hmm. I think Deep. we gotta get six or seven wins here. I think we got our magic number, I think is ten. I think that's what you gotta get for the NFC right now because really it's only a couple of teams that are leading the way and then after that it's just a tremendous cluster buck all around three and three and three and four and four and four, right? Yep, let's
1: play a game. Okay, all right. Name the team, Packers or Bills. Ready? Two for seven on third down, 29%. Packers. The Bills.
2: You know why that is? Why? Because 90% of their plays,
1: they didn't need a third down. Well, it was seven attempts, dude. So we were six for 12, 50%, beat them in that category. We were 0 for two on fourth down, obviously. Um, Red zones, we were 50%. They were 50%. Goal to go. Neither of us had an opportunity in the goal to go passes defended. We were both at six. We had more interceptions. We more had interception returns. We had more interception return yards. We had more forced fumbles. We had the same number of sacks. We had 12 less solo tackles. So they had us on the solo tackles because we tackled like shit. That's pretty obvious. And also on assisted tackles, but. Kickoffs, touchbacks, we had four. They had five. Um, Punt yards, we won. Dude, almost every category that you go from offense, we had 21 first downs. They had 20. They had eight passing first downs. We had eight passing first downs. We had 12 rushing first downs. They had nine. Here's a big one. We had one first down on penalties. They had three first downs on penalties. Discipline, right? So there's one of the things that fucked us over. yeah. And yards per carry, we were at 6.7. They were at 5.7. even with Josh Allen those long-ass fucking runs and that McKenzie little fucktard that ran it six times but got 26 yards every fucking time he touched the ball. But, dude, passer rating higher, uh, sack percentage was lower, passing touchdowns was even, less interceptions. Like, everything about this game says that there's a good team underneath everything right? Like underneath this fucking facade of trash, that is Joe Barry. And to a certain extent, Matt LaFleur, who's kind of lost this team a little bit and the team is fighting hard right now. Hey, if we win next week and then we win the following week and we go on a little two game win streak, then we start getting into Philadelphia, the Dallas and all these contenders towards the end of the season and the Vikings. Um, We might make the playoffs. That's where I am, man. Just like the stats say we played,
2: If we make the playoffs, I'll show boobs.
1: I will shave my balls with Manscaped on the pod. We did that already. Well, we'll do it again because it's it's about time.
2: Okay. And for Patreon, wink, wink, we'll have a video. (laughs) Listen, man, there's a lot to be thankful for. I'm really thankful that we're only halfway through the season. I'm also thankful for we've got the Green Bay Packers. And uh, regardless of the outcome of the season, I love watching me some Green Bay Packers. I'm green and gold until I'm dead and cold, brother.
1: Amen, brother. Same here.
2: You got any questions for us for Mailbag Monday? Don't forget, you can send them to us at PackersWithoutBorders at Outlook.com. Find us on Instagram, Packers Without, Borders, Packers Without Borders merch and Facebook, Packers Without Borders, and Twitter
1: at BordersPackers. Uh, myshopify.com packers without borders at myshopify.com and then patreon.com front slash packers without borders really appreciate the support
2: don't forget you can also use the coupon code dos papas for all your manscaped needs that's right shave your nuts shave your butts shave your chest or shave all the rest and get 20 percent off with manscaped and dos papas and it ships for free and it ships for free. <laughs> Happy Halloween, everybody. Peace. Go Pack Go. This has been Packers Without
1: Borders. Try and be
2: kind to one another. Try and love each other.
1: And Go Pack Go. Esto ha sido Empacadores Sin Fronteras. No se les olvide. Cuidarnos unos a los otros. Hasta luego.
0: Began to rise And suddenly To my surprise He did the match He did the monster match The monster match It was a graveyard smash He did the match It caught on in a flash He did the match He did the monster match what? From my laboratory In the castle east what? To the master bedroom Where the vampires peace The ghouls all came From their humble abodes Get a jolt from my electrode. They did the mash. They did the monster mash. The monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. They did the mash. It got on in a flash. They did the mash. They did the monster man. Oh, the zombies were having fun. Shoe, oh, the party oh, had just begun. Shoe, oh, the guest included They played the Monster Mash Out from his coffin voice did ring Seemed he was troubled by just one thing Opened the lid and shook his fist and said Whatever happened to my Transylvania twist? It's now the Mash It's now the Monster Mash The Monster Mash And it's a graveyard smash It's now the Mash It's caught on and flashed It's now the Mash It's now the Monster Mash Everything's cool. Racks a part of the band. And my Monster Mash is the hit of the land. For you, the living, this mash was meant to. When you get to my door, tell them what it said. Then you can mash. Then you can Monster Mash. The Monster Mash. And you, my graveyard, sing. Then you can mash. You'll catch on and all plan. Then you can mash. Then you can Monster Mash. Monster <laughs> Mash. i